Good morning, friends, and happy Friday. It is 2 a.m., which means it is 7 a.m., it's 3 p.m., it's 1 a.m., it's 11 p.m., and as always, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, because it's every time, everywhere. Well, friends, I have something special for you today. Now, I know I say I usually don't cut, it's just continuous flow, but I did not trust myself to do it in the first attempt And as you'll hear in just a second, it took 33, so I'm glad I did that. Uh, So I'm going to insert some audio here of me playing a song for you on the guitar. Get ready for that. 
uh, I could separate because the knowledge you have on the written test is slightly different, slightly more technical than what you actually use on your check ride and when you're actually learning to fly. So I used King Schools, and that's not a, a promotion or anything. That is just genuinely what I used because I bought it during a Black Friday sale, and I paid like $700 for uh, – I'm sorry. I paid like $400 for like $1,000 worth of courses. So I used King Schools for my private instrument commercial, working on my CFI, preparing for my multi, just the whole thing. Uh, and then you get an endorsement at the end of the King Schools to take the written test. So, I bring that up because I am going to teach you how to prepare for the test minus the signature to take the test for free. King Schools has free practice tests that you can take, and those tests mimic what the actual FAA written exam will be like. You can practice those for free. You need a 70 to pass, and you can see how well you would do should you get a sign-off from somebody like me, or if you get one from, say, the King Schools and then pay the $175 to go take the test. Uh, now, aside from that, what should you study to prepare if you don't want to buy the King Schools thing right out the gate? Well, there's three books that you can read, and they're all free materials, and they will tell you everything that you need to know to learn how to fly a plane. Now, the first one is the most important one, arguably, but the one people lead, read the least of, and that's called the FAR AIM. The Federal Aviation Regulations, as well as the Aeronautical Information Manual. It's basically the law book and a book with some uh, um, diagrams and such with information explaining how things work. And the far side, you get the rules about medical certificates, airspace requirements and designations, how to get certificates, the requirements, on and on, yada, yada. And the other side, the AIM, has example of the phonetic alphabet it shows you how radio aids work on the technical level it shows you the runway markings it shows you um how gps works and approaches and it's just a really technical manual so that's the first book it's available free pretty much everywhere as a pdf or on a website you can look it up or you can buy a physical copy the second one is also an FAA material, and you can actually find this one in PDF form on the FAA's website. It's called the uh, Pilot's Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge. This book goes over weather, it goes over aerodynamics, it goes over how to navigate, it goes over the instrumentation in just a general plane, it goes over pretty much every other section that's on the written exam. Uh, weight and balance a little bit, although there's a separate book for weight and balance, but it goes over pretty much everything that's not law that's on the FAA written exam for the private pilot certificate. The Another book that goes with this, once you start flying, should you choose to, is the Airplane Flying Handbook, which teaches you how to do basic straight and level flight, climbs, descents, turns to meet FAA standards, different takeoffs, landings, as well as how to transition to different types of aircrafts, like tailwheel, high-performance, complex. So those two books I put hand in hand as one. Uh, mainly you would focus on the Handbook of Aeronautical Knowledge for the written and then the flying one for the flying. Both available for free on the FAA's website as well as a host of other books should you pursue training further, instrument procedures, weight and balance, instructing, etc. Again we mentioned the law book, the FAR AIM that covers everything all pilots do. And when you buy them, there's actually a section at the front showing you what sections of it to study for each certificate you may pursue. The third book is kind of a weird one. 
because it was actually a book published for money. However, it's in the public domain because it's published in 1944. It's a book called Stick and Rudder by Lang, uh, Wolfgang Langwish. And the thing about this book is the words used are kind of weird because it's from the 40s. Terminology is a little bit different, but physics doesn't change. Uh, Wolfgang Langwish wrote such a revolutionary book at the time that we as pilots are still learning stuff from it today. It's a must-read for just anybody that wants to explain to them in layman's terms how planes fly and how to fly a plane. It's available for free on like archive.org and such because again, it's in the public domain. So those three books, just reading those three, you can learn pretty much everything you would need to know on how to fly a plane. All of you would be able to pass the written exam. The only other thing you would need is a signature to take the exam from an instructor of some sort after you demonstrate to them that you have the requisite knowledge. Again, there's those free practice tests. I mean, you can show them that and you know, some instructors may sign you off, they may ask you some questions, and they may charge you for their time for that, but you can pretty much get to go and take the written test almost for free, aside from the cost of scheduling the test. So, you know, in other days, I will go over the specifics of what's in those books, but as this is just a general overview, I just wanted to point out those specific books to get you pointed in the right direction so that you could start studying and see if this is something for you. Again, P-Hack showing you whether aerodynamics, physics, just the basic sciences that go into what makes planes fly, the flying handbook which, with technique, which stick and rudder also helps with that, and the far aim with the laws. It's as simple as that. Should you pass the written exam, should you continue to con decide to continue flying, you'll need to get a medical evaluation, which there's different websites. You can just search FAA AME search, Authorized Medical Examiner search. Uh, and you can find one near you and get a medical. You only need a third class to get a to be a student pilot. You that just they test that you don't have anything that would prohibit you from soloing a plane on your own. Really, uh, make sure that you're healthy enough to fly a plane so you don't have something bad happen while you're in the air. After that, another thing you would want to do is go on IACRA, which is spelled India Alpha Charlie Romeo Alpha. You just search that in Google, make an account, and you would apply for a student pilot certificate. The only thing that you need to get a student pilot certificate is really to be of legal age and read and write the English language with, with a level of proficiency. And uh, there's some other requirements if you're international and coming to the United States. By the way, this is all for United States-based pilot training. I know that the Europeans use something called the YASA, and I'm not familiar with it because I'm a United States-based pilot. This is for training for the FAA. Generally, for American citizens, it's a little bit harder if you're international because you have to, uh, there's stuff with visas and going through TSA, and, and I don't know about it because, again, I'm, I'm a U.S. citizen, so uh, I would have to do a little bit more research to help you guys. But generally speaking, for U.S. citizens, you just have to fill out some paperwork, and a couple of weeks later, you'll get a student pilot certificate in the mail. Boom. Simple as that which now means you're legally allowed to solo the plane should your instructor sign you off if you choose to fly. So then you can just, um, like I said, study, do the written exam, get your medical and a student pilot certificate, find a flight school that you like, and choose what type of training regiment to go under, get, uh, structured or unstructured. I'll get into that more a different day, I believe. 
and then you start flying and meet and then also at this point if you are this far you would get your ACS your airman certification standards and while you're learning to fly make sure that you are learning to meet the standards to get the certificate once you take the test how to perform maneuvers and procedures properly using your checklist how to control the plane within the tolerances dictated by the FAA now of course this is I've just jumped ahead down the line basically to right before your certificate. Obviously, there's a bunch of stuff that goes in the middle. Just learning to make radio calls, learning to actually control the plane through straight level flight and basic turns, then throwing in takeoffs and landings, and then steep turns and performance maneuvers, specialized takeoffs and landings, cross-country planning and actually doing. There is a lot of stuff in between. And again, this is already going to be a long enough call that I just wanted to give you the basis of from here to here, you know. Uh, one other thing I would say to study is the alphabet. No, I thought I already know the alphabet. No, I'm talking about what I told you guys a couple weeks ago or a week ago or so when I just rattled off all the letters. The phonetic alphabet. You have to learn that to make radio calls with efficiency. A lot of students struggle with radio calls, and part of it is not <laughs> really knowing the letters. Now, the way I learned the letters, and one of the quickest ways you can learn the letters, in my opinion, is when you're driving, take a look at license plates and just call them out. Yankee Bravo 6, Victor 27, or something, right? Now, I think that was only like five letters, but doesn't matter. That's not the point. The thing is, because like, if you just try to read off of text, like say, oh, I want to spell the word Phoenix, uh, Papa, Hotel, Oscar, Echo, November, and X-Ray, the thing is, when you're looking at the word, you see what letter's coming next. So it, you can kind of prepare yourself. But if you're just driving, license plates are basically randomized. It really makes you think on your feet more, really makes you commit them to memory more. And it helps you recall the proper ways to say the numbers and the letters with efficiency. And where can you find that, by the way? In the AIM, the Aeronautical Information Manual. Learn your alphabet, because that will help you. I'm also going to give you guys your very first basic uh, flight lesson right here. The four forces that, are, that act on an aircraft in flight. They are in equilibrium, meaning they are equal to each other in unaccelerated flight. Straight and level, unaccelerated flight. Now, I want to point out that this can be a climb. This can be a descent. It's just an airplane in a constant state, not accelerating, not changing pitch. It's just flying constantly, the four forces on an airplane will be in equilibrium. Now, what are the four forces? Weight, lift, thrust, drag. I made a joke about how Steve knows these, doesn't know what they mean. Well, now I'm going to teach you guys what they mean. Weight is the weight acting on the aircraft. Now, that's just not, that's, that's not just the weight. Um, that's not always just the weight of the aircraft itself. It, it can be multiplied times the force of gravity if you're, say, in a turn and you have more load on the wings from being banked and that's something for another time but weight is the weight of the aircraft that's the downward force due to gravity exerted on the plane by the earth lift is the force opposing weight lift is generated by airflow over the wings and it is what is bringing you up what is actually making the plane fly now weight and lift will be in equilibrium because you're not going to be climbing you're not going to be descending therefore they'll be equal now the other two, thrust and drag, act in the planes of basically forwards and backwards. Thrust is the propulsion force moving you forward through the air. It can be a propeller, 
forcing air behind you. It could be a jet engine forcing air out the back. But thrust is you going forward. Drag is the resistance of the plane to going through the air by the th by the thrust. Any and there's different types of drag that I will have to I'll have to do notes for this because I can't do this all off the top of my head and explain it well at, without preparing. All flight instructors and ground instructors they're supposed to go into a lesson with a plan, and I didn't really have a plan so. But drag is basically what is holding you backwards. So if you're not accelerating or decelerating, thrust and drag are going to be equal. So weight, lift, thrust, and drag. Those are the four forces that act on an aircraft, and they are in equilibrium and straight level and accelerated flight. That is your first flight lesson. That is what makes planes fly. When people ask you what makes planes fly, weight, lift, thrust, and drag. And... Uh, of course, most people say it's money, time, uh, dreams, and the FAA. <laughs> That's a little bit funny, but not really. In any case, now you do have just a little bit more knowledge. Uh, and I, it's funny because I go out in my living room sometimes when I feel like, oh man, I'm starting to forget my aviation training. Like, oh no, I don't know if I'm actually a pilot anymore. I have a propeller a wooden propeller mounted on my wall with just bottle caps and bottle caps, paper clips, and a dream. I made a spacer with bottle caps and paper clips and used some double-sided tape, and I mounted a propeller on the wall in such a way that you can spin it while it's on the wall. And every now and then, I will go out to the living room. I'll yell clear prop, which is what you would do when you're starting a piston aircraft to make sure that nobody's standing around the prop when you start the engine. But I'll yell clear prop, and I'll give it a spin. And so long as it stays attached to my wall and doesn't fall off, I know I'm still a pilot. And that's like a little ritualistic thing for me. I guess that's my joke of the day, because it is kind of funny, especially to see it in person. But it's also, it's a mental thing for me. It, it reminds me that, like, hey, I'm still going. <laughs> uh... If you are considering flight training now, I want to know uh, what aircraft you're considering doing it in. Or, for those of you that are just aviation enthusiasts in general, what's your favorite type of aircraft? I know I presented a lot of information here today, and I really hope that it helps somebody somewhere start on the path toward flying, because we've only got like 500,000 active registered pilots with at least a private certificate in the United States or something like that. I think it, the number is something on one out of 800 people in the United States. We need more pilots. Uh, so feel free to hit me up for information if you need help with some next steps. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.